You're listening to Fortnite Podcast with your host, Too Loud TX and Monster Defense. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. I'm your host, Too Loud TX. And of course, with me here today, none other than the man down in Houston getting ready to play some wow sometimes, I guess. Mr. Monster Deface, what's going on, buddy? I'm jumping in the rabbit's hole, guys. World of Warcraft for the first time ever. So, you know, my boys are playing it. I figured I'd give it a run and uh, try it out. I just want to know how many warnings you're going to get from listeners of this podcast that are like, I've been there. Don't do it. You're going to get sucked in, right? Like, because that's the first thing I told you is like, oh my gosh, bro, I did this. I did this once. The last game that I really got addicted to was back when Clash of Clans was a huge thing. And I spent three, four or five years grinding it, but I made a career out of it. That's true. So if That's this true. one is good enough to suck me in, I think, you know, I have ex- a tendency to turn these, uh, <laughs> my addictions into uh. career. Yeah, that's so true. We'll it's see, true. We'll see. I, I would say that was a, that that addiction paid off per se, for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys are enjoying uh, your week of Fortnite season ten, man. Hopefully, you guys are, are having as much fun as we are. Uh, I know you've been grinding away. I've been grinding away this week. So hopefully, you guys are doing that and having a great time. Uh, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter at the Fortnite Podcast and. Uh, Thank you so much to all of our Patreons. We have been slacking. We have been horrible and we've been stressed and, and crazy. So we are working on it. I know I keep saying it. We are working on it. Oh, Monster. Without further ado, I want to talk today a little bit more about Fortnite World Cup. I mean, it was this big thing. And sure, we're dragging it on. We're talking about it another week after it was over. But this is really only the second week since it's been done. And I want to talk, I want to give everybody a little insight to what we did. A lot of people obviously enjoyed last week uh, when we had on, uh, you know, the duo, you know, best duo in the world, what we say now with Rojos, right? And, uh, and uh, his teammate there. But what they didn't get to hear from is your experience, right? We got to hear from Wolfie's, got to hear from Rojo. But what, what did we get from your experience? What did you get to experience at the, at the Fortnite World Cup? And, of course, uh, a little bit about what I did as well. So let's jump in here. Let's start from overall. Let's take your take on the qualifying section. You had all these weeks. You were flying out to California. You were casting the World Cup uh, qualifiers. Talk to me a little about that process for you. Maybe personally how you grew through that process, what it was like from the beginning to the end. Yeah, no. Um, well, for starters, you just got to think about it as a new caster. Like I'm only just completing my first year as an esports caster, right? I, I feel like I've earned that title just a bit, you know, yeah. I've kind of been through the ringer, uh, when I got the call. So when I got the call for the qualifiers, it was actually about two months before world cup was even announced. It was all speculation, right? Everyone knew like, Oh, this is big pot coming out. And uh, I'm not going to jump into too much detail of what was promised because the World Cup qualifier, the original, what was pitched to me, just put it like this. It was a world tour about. Uh, so all right. like, what was pitched to me was, ex- it was grand. It was very grand. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Right. Um, not that the qualifier or the qualifying weeks wasn't like a grand thing to tackle because honestly, 40 million players attempting to jump in is right. pretty insane. So they did accomplish that. Um, but yeah, I got the call like two months before that. They were like, hey, we want you on. Um, and, and congratulations. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for what you did in South Korea. Because this is like, I was just like wrapping up 
uh, South yeah, Korea yeah, yeah. event, right? We just did Winter Royale. And then like, long behold, a couple weeks later, I got another call and they're like, dude, we're loving you right now. Keep it up. We're going to have you for the World Cup. So I already knew like then. And I was like, oh my God. I, I, you know, my lady gets home from work. I was like, yo, babe, this just happened. Like I just locked in the biggest deal of the year for me. It's going to happen. So that happened. Now let's jump to the World Cup. So before the World Cup even got there, dude, I already knew. And it was like a big like pressure off my shoulders, if, if you think about it. Because as a content creator, one of the scariest things is like income, right? Your, your month to month is you never know what, what's going to happen. Especially when like you're, you know, we're community driven. We're community supported. Same way you guys hold us up. It's the same thing. So to get that call, I was just like, dude, I'm good. Like I, I know I'm going to make some good money for the rest of this year. Now it's just focus on the content, right? We just focus on just killing this and, and really honing in and, and specializing in the craft. And that's what we did. That's what I hope you guys have. I hope as, as listeners, you guys have heard the, the difference in my initial kind of casting style to where we've gone, uh, you know, this far for the world cup stage. And yes, yeah, it, it was all part of that journey, man. Just like mentally, uh, Mentally, it was probably the, the the craziest roller coaster because just getting the burden off your back and then being able to secure something as prestigious as like casting for the World Cup team was pretty incredible. Yeah, that I mean that had to be a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of a lot of scariness, like you said, like a lot of an anxiety per se, right? Not scariness, yeah. anxiety is probably a better word of just like what's going to happen, what's going to go. I mean, I just being around this space in the little time that I've been in it as well is it's it's really tough sometimes to know to set your expectations right like and, and the thing is like in this industry things don't always happen weeks before like you don't always know exactly what's going to happen in a couple weeks right you you, you, you kind of you might get that call like hey monster we're gonna need you to fly here hey we need you to go here right and this has happened uh to both and, of us and honestly that's that's like what you hope for right in the best case scenarios you get those calls but usually like you're going weeks and weeks. It's like, dude, like, dang, man, like is something going to come up or you see a tournament happen and you know, your friends are casting it or someone else has jumped on it or they announced a new talent. You're like, damn, I had no idea that that was even going to happen. I, but they, you know, people are planning stuff. So like it, there is this, this atmosphere of you never really know. And when the opportunity presents itself, you just got to kill it, man. And then that's why, I always try to step into these, you know, casting roles and in, in these events, my best foot forwards and like super hard work ethic, always on time. I don't play that late game. I don't do any of that. Like, because I know that this is an opportunity to siege. I got to ask you, what is, uh, what has been the biggest thing that you've learned this past year in casting? Oh man. I, I feel like in the world cup specifically, I pulled out some different, uh, I guess like tools that I've, that I've, been trying to, to test out and, and, you know, practice, put into practice. One of them being um, just changing up my, my casting style. I feel like early on, it was very analytical and heavily play by play, but casting with golden boy, I've molded my style to be more color and to, to like still do a lot of analyzing, but backing them up more. And I learned a lot that it's, it's like a song, right? Like you have the rap, you have the bars and then you have the hook and the melody. And when you put it all together, you make a really great track. That's what like casting kind of has become for me. I understand that like I lean on my casters 
heavy, heavy uh, play-by-play skill. Like Golden Boy can just slay those moments. He's got the strong, he does, man. and yeah. he just kills it, right? And I love when he does it. And and then I just come in and I like sweep the dust underneath the door, and we move on to the next one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like the way I see it is like I allow, I allow him to take the jar and slam it on the floor, and I come through with the broom and I clean it all up. That's, oh, I- that's like. <laughs> That's our casting style because he's 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 a boomer. Like he's just so good at it. Yeah. Um, so over the last year, I've really learned to accept my style and my place in my casting roles, and just like just kill the moments that I have the opportunity to do. I think that's interesting you say that. Um, I know talking, and I, you might have mentioned this on the show the past few couple of weeks, but talking to you personally as well, knowing uh, that like game four for you was a, was an awesome moment at the world cup. You really felt like at that moment you settled in and you hit your stride one for one, uh, which is interesting, right? Cause a lot of people have loved you along the way, but why was it that game? What was it about that moment for you? That was so, you know, just stuck out in your brain. Yeah. So like, again, you, you think about this, right? We already know like golden, we only have two games to cast, man. We have games. Like, what was it? Three and four. It was like, we cannot drop the ball. We don't have an opportunity to, to get on here again on this big stage. So one, that pressure was enormous, right? It was huge. It was like, for me especially, Golden's Golden done this tons of times, right? Yeah, yeah, he don't care. He's on me, live television, ABC. He don't care. Yeah, yeah. My Golden's killing it, dude. For me, this is my first uh, big wave. This is my first high tide, right? It's coming right at me, dude. I gotta, I gotta surf this bad boy. So for me, I was like, Prepper, like preparation was key. I did a lot of homework just studying the players and, and, and then learning how to bring it into the casting style because I've never brought heavy bio package into my casting role. So I luckily was able to cast the entire program, the entire day of, and the program really allowed me to flex that. All right, I'm going to bring in who this player is, who's this, this celebrity that's gaming with them and mesh this, you know, bio into the play-by-play so that it's not all, you know, like what the qualifiers was. It's not all just jam, 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 move on to next fight, bang, 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 because now we have full games. It's, it's just a different vibe. It's so much more airtime. We, we're going back to the roots of what is a full game. So I wanted to reflect on what I did in the past and, and just make it better. And to me, that was bringing in just rich color of, of who these players are, what their journeys might have been like, and or what what kind of uh, you know animosity and and you know yeah. I guess you know a rivalry, head, yeah, 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 yeah rivalry that they're going to face throughout this this uh, this journey that they're in in the game, and that's what I did. Well, when you say you did a lot of preparation, right? Most most people might think, oh, you just like showed up there and you just started talking and you had to be really good at talking and this is what you did, but like. Give us a little insight. What is that preparation? Because I know what I did when I casted my first event, like, you know, actually not, not WSOE, but when I actually casted the Apex event at the beginning of the year, I, I knew a lot about these players and going in and I, and I had these, these little critiques about each of the team. I kind of knew these little offsets, these little storylines that I knew. And I studied those. I actually asked some of the pros questions before I went in. I learned some fallout, which is like, he always sends like a questionnaire to a few of the guys, right? That are, that are playing in the thing. Hey, answer this for me. Give me some answers. And I learned from him on that. And for you, what was it though, going into the world cup? I mean, you had 168 or whatever it was players total. You had to look at. Yo, so for, so first off we had two huge docs 
uh, or three, technically three huge docs, um, all of which we manually crafted up bios and history. And these are um, actually the documents, documents yeah, yeah, you were fully, given. Fully documented. So we, we had like the FBI rolls out the sheet, CIA. We had everything. Where are you from? What's your real name? All that. We had everything. All right. Um, for me, my biggest thing was like, the last thing I want to do is cast over a winner. And then I had known nothing about the winner. You know what I mean? You just got to kind of green it up, which I was like, no way. Am I going to be on the biggest stage in the world and green it up for somebody? Like, no, man, I want to know exactly who Too Loud TX is, where he's from, how he got here, and how right. long he's been doing this, right? That's how I felt. So preparation was studying the docs for sure, for sure. But also, we took it a step further. We, we learned and mastered their landing spots. And where were they likely to collide with other players so that... We knew when we jumped into, let's just say, you know, uh, Vorwin. If Vorwin was alive, he probably killed Mr. Savage at Happy Hamlet. Why? Because I already knew Happy Hamlet was loaded with XYZ players. So whoever you see on the map, I already have that little bit of extra insight. That okay, this guy came out successful this round. It was only six games. So yeah. pull in as much information as possible and then play it into the, the casting role so that it made more sense for the viewers at home to really feel like you got the full story, even though we don't get to show the full story. So you had this whole story. And as you said, game four, it seemed like you just set in and you were telling it. Try to, try to explain to everybody, what does it feel like settling into that? I, I felt it once in my, whole, in my whole life. It was at the Apex event. I just, it was like game two or three. And I just remember thinking to myself at one point, like, Okay, never mind. I got this. Like I am, uh, we are me. We we're talking back and forth. We're on target. Like it's happening. But what is it for you? What was it that moment that you settled in? Oh man. Uh. So one of the one of the huge like ripples in the our whole flow was the booing of Ziff when Ziff Ronaldo came up. That really like so that was my first time ever being in that situation too. Right. That yeah. rattled me because I look over at Golden and all I'm thinking in my mind is like. I don't think it would be a good idea to uh, like weigh in or, or feed into the crowd or, or, you know, try like any of that. So I followed my instincts and, uh, you know, we, we just, we just kept calling the game. I thought in my mind and in my heart, I was like, all right, we just call this game. Like it's no other. The crowd is going to feel how they feel and we get through it. And I could feel Golden's energy also like waver off. Like, like he did. I was like, Oh, come on, Golden, You got to stay with me. Like I, I could just hear it. You know, you know, when someone's yeah, yeah, yeah. like bothered a little bit, I can just tell it's like, it got to Golden, man. He's a little bit bothered. He's a little flustered right now that that just happened. But we, we pushed through that and we kept going. That was in a uh, game three. So leading into game four, we, uh, we managed to reel it back in by the end of game three and close out strong. So moving into game four, we had that fresh breath of air. And at that point, we just felt like, dude, we've seen it all, man. There's, there's nothing that can stop us now, right? Yeah. So we came into game four even harder and stronger. That was like a motivation. Like, dude, we, we can't let that be the highlight of everything that's gone on so far. Like, let's keep going. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's absolutely uh, a difference you can see in casters when they settle in versus when they're just talking about what's happening, right? Like, it's one thing yeah. to just talk to me about what you see on the screen. It's a completely another thing to get me to believe in the story and to get me to jump into the experience. And I think the difference is with, with casters like golden boy versus someone like me even right. That's new is he can make everybody believe what's going on is, is, is like the most important thing in the world and it's happening right now. And he just has this way of like, 
making it a bigger moment, right? Maybe even that it isn't sometime, sometimes. And I think that's what's so incredible about watching you two cast together is like those moments in the games when it's highlighted and he highlights something in your voice. All of a sudden, you know, the, 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 the tonation is exactly where he was. And it's just, you know, carrying on. I think that's what's always so fun about watching casters go together. But And, and something, something else, like one of the points that we really wanted to hit was uh, and it might sound simple, but we always wanted to make sure we were setting the stakes during the World Cup because ultimately, like, yeah, you you know we're watching a big tournament, but you have to keep like sometimes you just got to remind the crowd, yeah. like, guys, this is the World Cup. He's 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 got number one in Brazil. You can only rank if you are the number one is the only way you can get here. So when you saw like King, this this little kid, this third year old who somehow qualified first place in his region, in the country, and then make it through all the way through to the World Cup and then start destroying players in the World Cup. It just made sense. And another another part of all the preparation we did, hanging out with the players, they were literally saying like, hey guys, only people we don't want to see, the Asians, the OCE, and the Brazil. Why? Because those guys qualify through W keys. So yeah. like you, you felt it there and, and we just had all the knowledge we needed. We, I felt so equipped. It was, it was like just going into a test, you know, we just had a lot of the answers. It was, it was like cheating, man. I felt so ready. Well, let's talk a little bit about what else you did there. Uh, obviously casting was the, the main reason you were there, but I want to talk about that process of you getting to New York. What did you do? What happened when you landed in New York? Oh, so my first day there was my only day like off, quote unquote, which by the way, I went into New York busted. I had no haircut, nothing. I was like, dude, I got to <laughs> yeah, hit the barbershop. So you knew where to go. You knew where to <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah. So uh, part of me was like, I had a game plan. I touched down, you know, we, we check into the hotel. First thing I do, jump on the train, go to the Bronx. I got laced up, got a quick haircut. And then uh, I visited my mom actually, because it was my only like day to like hang out with fans and stuff. So I went to my mom's house. She made dinner. And uh, we had a we had a great first day per se. Is there is there a meal that you ask your mom to make every time you come home? No, I just I just let her do her thing, man. Whatever sparks her her creative genius, I guess for the time. All right, all right. So then you're at this hotel, and we got to hear a little bit about it last week from Wolfies and Rojo. A little bit about the hotel and and what they got to experience. Uh, was there anything for you that really stuck out about the hotel and that experience at the hotel? Oh, I think it was funny. Uh, one night I came down a little like early, I guess. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't too late. And I, I grabbed the Corona at the bar and I walked out to the floor and I just look over and I'm like, dude, I'm probably the only guy here that can drink. I'm going to go back <laughs> to the bar. And like, <laughs> so I just shot getting the beer and I like toss it. I was like, I can't drink with any of these guys. Well, you know, you would think like, dude, I'm going to go have a, a beer with some world cup qualifiers. And then like, You're I actually 16, have the beer. The average yeah, age. Yeah. I, all of a sudden I go down to the lobby and I'm just like, these guys can drink like so uh that was a that was a pretty funny kind of realization that that it is a bit different from the call of duty scene because like on the call of duty scene every night everybody goes to a bar typically and it's players and fans and like everybody drinking right but you're right in this instance because the average age of the qualifier being around like 16 17 years old was not one thing we typically saw was was qualifiers drinking. Hey, one thing Epic didn't have to worry about a lot of, at least, was maybe people showing up with hangovers the next day. So. Yeah, no, that that was not a thing. Um, but no, like the my, one of my favorite parts of of the entire thing was definitely the environment. Yeah, uh, all the players down there, the smiles, the, the photos were nonstop. The the fans coming up to you. Um, it was really after we casted the first pro am that I guess I gained a lot of newfound respect for people that tuned in. Um, loads of parents are just like, dude, I don't like watch 
play Fortnite. I came here for my kids, but man, you made that really good. And that felt good to me. Yeah. People were like, dude, I don't know what was going on, but you sold it to me, man. So, you know, hats off to you. And I was just like, damn, all right, sweet. Well, you guys got to ride a bus back and forth, I believe, from the hotel to uh, Ash, Arthur Ashe Stadium. Uh, what, what was happening on the bus? Anything funny you could tell us? What was going on there? Give us a little insight to the, the bus rides to Arthur Ashe. So I'm not going to lie. Unfortunately, our call times were very early. So we did not get to oh, you know, yeah, right. pound the player bus. Yeah, we were, we were definitely getting there a lot earlier. Uh, usually it was just talent, just a crew uh, ready to get in and just run rehearsal, master all of our How many days know, of rehearsal did you guys have prior to the World Cup? How many days uh, did you have to practice? Well, Tuesday to Friday, the entire week of wow, was, yeah, every every single day was twelve hour practices. Uh, call time eight a.m. We weren't released till about nine a.m. So, so you guys don't just show up on the start day and you grab oh, your mic abso- and you just go. That's not. what I wanted to get to. So like, lost, like because the, honestly, the hardest part is probably getting enough days there to master the the actual stadium, dude. Behind the scenes. There are so many nooks and crannies, alleyways, like underneath these bleachers where players are sitting and and all that. Like you have to learn how to get from point A to point B when you are needed ASAP. So that week may feel tedious, like, oh, why you got us here, Adam? You know, I know how to cast, whatever. But nah, man, like if anything, it's for learning the layout and the land, dude, because getting through the entire stadium is also fairly difficult. Well, that's what I wanted to show everybody is it's not always like just, you know, this super easy show up whenever you can talk about Fortnite speak. Right. I mean, you had a regiment. You had to get up early in some cases, go to bed early in some cases, get up and show up to this place. You had things you had to read through to learn about players. You had things you had to learn about the event. Like casting is not just monster show up, fly out here, sleep at your hotel, show up and then you're good to go. No, no, it's a lot of it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you're, it's, it's like when it's, when it comes down to cast and, and show week, show days, you're working a, a full on job that you, you have to log in, uh, you know, you come in, you prepare, you do your, you do your sets, right. Then you, you watch your peers do their thing. You learn from them. Um, and then you, you were also constantly providing feedback. So like for different things, like, Hey man, we could do this or standing here just doesn't quite look right under this lighting. There's just always something changing just so that they can hopefully pitch the perfect show when it comes to air day. Because it's like high stakes streaming. You don't get any reruns when yeah, you're yeah, up yeah. there and you know your 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 co-host or whatever pitches you a question. You better be ready for that question, man. Uh is there is there a question that you 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 or you or uh uh Golden Boy have together? Like it's either a ping, like, hey, go this direction, you tell each other, or is there ever been a question you knew, hey, I'm gonna ask him this or put him kind of setting him up? Like, like, uh, like no, for fun, I would, like I would the, never, be hard. I would never know? set him up with an uncomfortable question. Oh, like that, be, that could be always, fun, you know? That could always get really intense. <laughs> um, but when we do cast, especially uh, with Golden Boy, uh, I have this hand gesture that I do. Like, right as, if, if you ever notice, watch any of the end games, right as it's about to approach last three players, so like last two players remaining, I drop the mic. But I, I let go intentionally. We always set up our, our cadence or our rhythm so that we're ping-ponging, but once we hit the final moments, I let go of the mic, and he slays the final play-by-play, and then I jump on again. And it, it's literally like a hard... Like I, I want to say like I almost push him. Like I'm like, 
like go 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 yeah yeah you, yeah, we have, yeah yeah we have this body language that it, it's, it's always something that happens you can't see obviously on camera but it's a little little fun i guess thing to note that's our one of our ways that we communicate um often on, on set yeah I, um you know growing up playing drums and bands and traveling for so long like you'd see guitar players do like a little dab with their with their the neck of their guitar right like certain guitar players will do that that's like a, a, a notation to the band like hey we're gonna end here or we're gonna go back through this or we're gonna play that again right like there's all those things that you learn and it's funny as i get into commentary and i'm learning from different people uh and and people's and how people act is that you know, there are those little signals, even us in our podcasting, there's signals that I can see you're ready to, ready to talk again, or you're done talking. Right. And, and we feed off. So it's, it's really interesting to, to see that as you cast as well, that those are things that happen when you cast. I would say overall, you know, sum it up, you, you obviously a lot of great things. You, you had a lot of preparation. You did a lot of stuff at, at the world cup, you know, biggest platform you've ever been in. It'd been an incredible year for you casting and learning Fortnite. What would you say, you know, number one, what was the biggest surprise for you at the Fortnite World Cup? Uh, whether that be placement of somebody not showing up or whatever. And number two, what was, what was the most fun you, you, you thought happened at the event that wasn't on the main stage? Uh, so the, the biggest surprise for me, I think it was the player lounge, seeing all of the players there. And really finally getting to gauge the energy of the people that you see online all the time. Uh, you could just tell some people were surprisingly just cold, man, just ready. Like you just knew like the, the two of the youngest ones that stood out to me was crew and Chapix. They played in the duos. Um, I think crew double qualified. So he qualified for solos and duels. One of the few to do that. But, um, these kids, man, they're from the EU. And, and I was, I made it my business to make sure I went up to every single Every single qualifier, shake their hand, introduce myself and just break that ice and make them feel comfortable too. I felt like that was important for me to do. Yeah. And they were one of the few that I touched up on. And dude, it was just so like, he, he was just, just ready. Like, ready. he's like, yeah, I'm here, man. I can't wait to jump in here. We're, we got our game plan. We're going to be aggressive in this. Now I'm like, they're treating this like a, like a qualifier. Like the way they qualified, they were bringing that place out. Then you, you come across some other people like uh, unknown X army, who is a God on the controller sticks. And he just dominated right through, throughout some of, some of his rounds. But you saw him in person. He's just like, dude, I met his mom. His mom's like, you know, he's just chilling. He's quiet. He's not bothering nobody. And I was like, man, like, <laughs> look at long behold, Mr. Quiet over here, you know, L2 spammer. You, you think like some of these guys would be way more out there. But you can tell everyone had their own different vibe. Yeah. And then another, another really fun part, uh, one of my favorite parts, to, to answer your question, the second part, one of my favorite parts that wasn't aired was when we were on the, the warm-up rounds and we got to walk around. I was actually recording, you know, without them knowing, over their shoulder. Just, I, I didn't want to interrupt anyone. Just watching their hand movements and, and playing in the communication. And um, at some point, I, I walk over and I'm recording crew and Chapix. They're like in an, a super intense battle. And these are just warm-up rounds. But when they win the round and they just, they just high-five and they turn back and they're like, oh, it's Launch D face. And then like, they it just all happened right there. And I was recording. And I was just like, nah, dude, just keep doing your thing. But they were excited to see me. But it was because we broke that ice at the yeah. player lounge, right? Yeah. Like I already had to introduce myself. I think one of the most surprising things to me was like how well everybody usually gets along. Like I'm sure there's some, there's probably some tight relationships, you know, some that maybe are a little more, uh, uh, you know, fiery than others per se, right? Or, or, or a little more at each other's throat. But the majority of all the players like hung out with everybody. Like 
they you know everybody gets along really well it's a, it's a really interesting competitive environment because although every single one of these players you knew thought they could win the world cup there was not a lot of uh animosity is that is that the right word with everybody in the same room right and uh so i think it was really cool just i, I mean i went I ate with different people had drinks with different groups of people and you know tons of teams together and playing together and going out together and you know you you might think oh the teeth you know the uh the uh phase guys aren't hanging out with the ghost guys or what forever reason but no they're all hanging out together i thought that was really awesome and i think epic does a fantastic job and call me what you want epic fanboy i don't care epic does a fantastic job of giving these guys an environment for them to all have fun in and to play in and treats the players really well and i thought that that was really evident at the fortnite world cup yeah, but talking about like little animosities and like fun things like that. Uh, Bor when was actually playing mind games on Mr. Savage in the player's lounge, he just kept telling like, "Bro, I'm gonna I'm gonna grief your game. I'm landing Happy Hamlet. I'm just, I'm gonna stay there in the storm. I'm gonna fight you." Like trying to psych him out. Um, which by the way did not work. Mr. Savage like owned Warren yeah, all the yeah, way yeah. through in Happy Hamlet. So at the end of it all, when I when I came across him, I was like, "Yo, what happened, bro? You didn't show up." He was like, "Dude." Mr. Savage, man, he's just so good. Like, he beat me <laughs> like and like he actually had a bad World Cup run because his plan failed, you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. hey, dude, everyone's playing mind games. It was it was actually crazy. It was fun to see. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I hope hopefully you guys enjoyed a little bit of our story from the Fortnite World Cup and experienced uh, a little bit of it through us. If you weren't able to attend, uh, we're going to continually have uh, you know the, some of the winners on, some of the contenders on on the show as we continue going out. But hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Man, I can't wait for another one. I can't wait for the next event we can all go to uh, and be able to watch you guys cast and be a part of and, and interview and all the fun things that we got to do at the Fortnite World Cup. But but yeah, I know I know me and Monster appreciate everybody that has followed us through this journey so far. Enjoyed uh, you know, your feedback and your and and you know all the comments and, and everything you guys say on Twitter and Instagram. I know Monster's a big fan of it as well and YouTube and Monster, you got you got videos up on YouTube as well, but uh, I know you want to give thanks to everybody. Yeah, as always, man. Thank you guys for supporting. Uh, we appreciate you guys week in and week out. Uh, big shout out to everyone that's been coming through to the live stream. I see y'all when you stop by the chat, man. It, it, it goes a long way. Just saying what's up. Thank you guys for supporting us. We're back on the grind, though. You know, the, the qualifying weeks are over. Now it's time to be back home and, and make this content for y'all. That's true. That's true. The grind is, is happening for sure. Well, guys, as always, thank you so much. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Make sure you shoot us a review on iTunes. Send all your complaints directly to monster at the Fortnite podcast at gmail.com. He reads each and every one of those with a loving heart condition and, you know, with, with, a, with a nice reply typically as well. If you see it signed, Dash Monster D Face, a.k.a. Too Loud, just know it's actually not Monster. It's actually me. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, you, know, you, you don't even know you replied to all these messages, do you? Uh, well, nope. but, but thank you guys so much. Hope you guys enjoy the show. And until next time, make sure you dance out those kills and boast in the Victory Royales. <laughs>